let me first introduce uh, our speakers. Well, first, I'm Jonathan Lipp, Festival Director, and the conference tonight is going to be on screenwriting, the craft of screenwriting, the business of screenwriting. Perhaps one of the most challenging things is getting your work out there into the world and getting it noticed. And here we have two fantastic guests with us who have been very successful in that arena. So I'm going to introduce first, we have Bob Sants. Uh, hi, Bob. How you doing? Doing good. Hey, Daniel. How are you? <laughs> great. And then we have we have Daniel Talbot. And both uh, Bob and Daniel are working writers. Um, so I'm going to ask, we'll start with Bob, if you could tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, how you got into the industry, and, and, and how you got to where you are today. Um, I started off in the industry as an actor. Um, I was on a, we had a teeny tiny recurring role on a series for six seasons, a cop show called Nash Bridges, where I was a uniform cop. And um, I see Daniel shaking his head going in. Um, area, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And, I, um, and I, uh, I've been in all kinds of movies, ranging from small independent films to uh, Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac. So I've been, I, I started off as an actor and I knew that with this face, I was never going to really be, you know, a big time actor. And I started writing and I found out I had a much better aptitude for that. And um, now I have 16 produced films, um, ranging from Hallmark Christmas films to uh, the dark, very dark, dark comedy, uh, extracurricular activities, which is now you can see on, um, on Amazon Prime and uh, all kinds of things in between. So that's what I do. I've got a bunch of films optioned and I just optioned my first horror film. So that's, and I do lots of rewrites and polishes and writing for hire for production companies and producers. Wow, very cool. All right. And Daniel, yourself? Um, I also started as an actor. Uh, I'm also from the Bay Area. So I know, <laughs> I know about national Where? Where were you in the uh, Bay Area? I was raised by my grandparents in Piedmont. Oh, I live in Castro Valley. Yeah, totally. I, we used to play baseball with y'all. So, um, so I, yeah, I went to uh, high school in the Bay, uh, got into acting at ACT, Berkeley Rep, um, ended up going to Juilliard as an actor and, uh, and made a transition to playwright and directing and um, producing mostly because of my family. I just, I, I was kind of tired of being gone all the time and getting home at two in the morning. Um, and so I, I was lucky to be working, but I, I just wanted, a, you know, not that we ever have control over our life in this business, but I wanted a little bit more control and just a little bit more kind of normal hours in a funny way. And, and I loved all of it. So, um, so it was a good transition for me. And I'm also kind of a homebody. So it, it makes more sense than going out and trying to entertain lots of people. Um, and so, yeah, and then I, I went, you know, I was a total theater baby and then transitioned from theater into starting to do TV and film. Um, mostly about four years ago, and um, and feel very lucky to have been working. So, cool. All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you guys a couple of questions, and then the, the uh, <laughs> audience members can can ask questions as well. And they'll use the uh, if if anybody wants to ask any questions, just use the Q and A button at the bottom of your screen. Just click on that, and you could type in your question. Uh, but I'm just gonna kick it off here. Uh, perhaps one of the most challenging things I think is the fact that most production companies will not, most studios will not accept an unsolicited script. I think the question amongst a lot of aspiring writers is how to gain representation. 
Um, so if maybe we can start with that, uh, what are some strategies perhaps to get your script in the hands of an agent, preferably one of the, you know, top agencies, obviously the William Morris's of the world and ICMs, et cetera, but just an agent in general. Um, I don't know, Bob, you want to? Daniel, go ahead. Or Daniel, you want to start? <laughs> I know this is not going to be an answer that people want to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was, it, it, because I started in the theater, it was a more, um, it, it was a, it, it was a more natural journey because I, I, you know, people saw plays of mine. They're like, do you want to write for TV and film? It, it was more organic in that way. And it was a much longer road. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you know, I met my manager through an off-Broadway play I'd done in New York called Slipping that was then moved to Los Angeles and she saw it, uh, she saw it here. Um, she's become a dear friend and a huge part of my life. And so that's how I found my manager. My manager I, I helped me sell my first show. Selling my first show led to my first agent. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then he moved from Verve to ICF. So, so it like all like happened very, very naturally. And I actually am very happy that it, it took time because it gave me time to grow so that by the time, you know, we kind of got into like the ICM realm, like I, I, I'm a better writer and I'm also more disciplined. I'm, I'm just more mature. Um, so I felt like it actually kind of was the world taking me where it needed to take me when it took me and, um, and trusting that and just always working, like just always writing, always working, always writing, always working and letting the work kind of lead the way. The, the thing about agents, and, and this is the tough part for writers who are just starting out. The thing about agents, and, and Daniel can tell you that this is true. The thing about agents is they don't, they don't want new untested writers. They want writers that already have kind of careers established. And you can do that without an agent. Managers will, will take on newer writers way more than agents will. Um, so the way you want to probably look for representation is first look for a manager, which is what happened with me before I got my agent. I had a manager two or three years before I ever had an agent. And I had the agent because the agent came and found me after I'd had the success that I'd had. And, and finding a manager is, is right now is probably, um, is a little tough because of the, of the problem that, that writers are having with agents right now because of the WGA uh, business with the, the now three big agencies that are left, um, uh, that managers are, are, are doing double duty because there are really no uh, big agents helping writers right now. But what you can do, you can find smaller boutique Management agencies, I'm still with a boutique manager and I really love it because he pays a lot of attention to me and I can talk to him all the time if I want to. And it makes, it's made a big difference to me. I've, I've been approached by bigger managers and I've chosen to stay with the guy I'm with because I really, we really have a great relationship. And, and so the way you, you, you do that is you go on like IMDb Pro and you look up writers that have these kind of boutique, you look up a list of boutique agents on the internet when you'll find them, they're there. And you look up uh, writers and look who their agents are that you like. And if they're with one of these small boutique agencies, you query them with your very best script, the very best script you can. You say, say look, I'm this person and I'm, 
this is who I am and, and this is my log line for my script. I would, I, I, you know, you rep the kind of people that I think I am and I would love to have you read my script and, and I would love to have you consider representing me. And you, you send that off to 200 managers. And, and you, you, if you get five that request it, you're doing great. And unfortunately, the reason, the reason for this is last year, there were over 80,000 scripts registered with the copyright department. And that means there's 80,000 scripts out there just from last year that people are trying to get into the hands of managers and producers and agents and everybody else. So you've got to, you got to shine in that pack in that, and really write something good. But you also have to know that it's, they have to slog through all that stuff to get to you. And that takes time and it takes effort and it takes you as a writer not giving up and, and going. Daniel, I want, I want to ask you a question about spec scripts. So I know, you know you've written for um, the Connors on ABC, you've written yeah. um, Spike TV, correct? Um, the Mist. Mist, yeah. Stephen, yeah. Behind the Stephen King oh, like novella. Um, so, let's say a writer uh, wanted to write, let's say a spec, spec uh, script for an episode of the Connors, for example. Yeah, yeah. How does that work? Can they literally send it in to ABC or whatever and say, hey, I've got this idea for an episode. Like how, yeah, how would that, how would something like that work? Is it even a reality, a realistic concept? From, from, what, from what I understand, again, I'm, I've, I've only really been you know, in this for like four years, I still am kind of a newbie, but I, I, I was told on the Connors that spec strip scripts are very much a thing of the past that most people don't do them now. Um, and that what, with the exception of, you know, there's those wonderful writer fellowships that are like with NBC or Warner brothers or HBO that you can apply to. And then I think, I think the application process for that is your own, uh, is, is an original piece of work and also a spec script of one of the shows that they list. But that's the only thing I know that's still, requires a spec script and um and you know I, I, like i i am a drama like european indie drama writer and the fact that i was hired on the connors i mean i i loved it and i love them with all my heart but like there i'm not that funny you know so <laughs> so you know it's like you know they were really kind to me and like that you have to end you know that i i learned so much from that show but like like they brought me on for story you know they brought me on for uh for story and for character and um you know and i got a couple jokes in there i was proud of that at the end but you know but i mean there's folks on that like like you know sid youngers and people like that that have been doing this for like 35 years and are just brilliant at at integrating humor and, and character um and so i i had the best time and i knew i was only going to do a year because i i'd sold my own show and so i want to you know work on that um, but it was a really awesome year and it felt like going to another planet for me um, <laughs> that I loved. And, um, and, and then I had to fly back to drama land for a while. <laughs> you know, but, but to answer your question, when I, when I was on Nash Bridges, I thought this is going to be great because they know me. I've been on the show for four years and I'm going to write an episode and just hand it to them. And they're going to go, Oh boy. <laughs> and, yeah. and Carlton Cuse, who, whose name you've probably all heard, said you that's not the way it works and um, um which is the title of my book we'll talk about that later um <laughs> it's not the way it works um you have to be in the guild and you got to be hired and you have to be in the writer's room so no you can't send a spec script of a of a 
of a, they will absolutely turn around and send it back to you. And if you persist in doing it, they will send you a cease and desist letter. It's, it's, it's not, that's not how it works. That's not the way it happens. Um, um, if you want to be a, if you want to be a TV writer, you have to be in LA for right now. And Bob, that's, you've that's written, a you've written a series of Christmas films on, that have been a Hallmark channel. Is that, is that right? I just, I just wrote one for a lifetime. For lifetime, okay. The first, I'm very proud of this one. It's the first Hispanic um, uh, Christmas com uh, romantic comedy that that any of them, the the lifetime's done. Um, it's about my Cuban, you know, my Cuban grandmother. And, and oh, wow. now, and it, it being was, that you've written numerous Christmas films for you know Hallmark now Lifetime, is that sort of the, uh, a, like a niche that you've carved out for yourself in that in that world, or is that just? No. Um, it came from, I wrote a, extracurricular activities I wrote was a script that I wrote, which was a, a script that opened every door in Hollywood for me. It's a very dark, very dark, sick comedy thriller. Um, it's kind of like uh, Heathers meets Ferris Bueller. And, and, and that, that script, and it's, a lot of people talk about how you have to write your one your one, you know, notable script that everybody goes, wow. And this was it. I never thought it'd get made because it was so controversial. And I call it my anti-Hallmark film. And it got me my first job with Hallmark because the producer loved the script so much and loved my writing voice. And she said, do you think you could write a Christmas movie, you know, instead of all this kind of very dark comedy? And I said, I'm willing to try. And I wrote one and it was the seventh highest rated Hallmark film of all time the year it came out and it's called help for the holidays and um, and they kept hiring me and I kept writing them and I and I wrote other films for them and I I've done I've done rewrites for them on on scripts and in the meantime I sold a pilot which has gone nowhere um, but we'll see um, and um, and I've sold three or four other scripts and and they're not Hallmarky script. So no, I hope that I haven't fallen into that. Mm -hmm. He just writes Christmas movies category, but I think I didn't fall into that because my original script that got me noticed wasn't in that genre. Uh, Daniel, you—I uh, was just reading that you had option. You recently optioned a script uh, to Killer Films. No, that was the first uh, show I sold, and it was to Sonar and Killer Films. It was called Summer, and it was when Jenna Santioni was running Sonar Entertainment. She's at Paramount Television now. Uh, so that was actually the first show I sold, and it was when I was working on The Mist. Um, so I was working on both at the same time. Um, oh, so did that one get produced? No, it, it didn't. It got really close, and then the Viacom merger completely trashed it. It actually was really, really close, and we were really excited, and then it yeah. disappeared. About three days. <laughs> so, Daniel, is this where we tell them the bad news that about ninety-five percent of all optioned or sold scripts never get made? Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. Generally speaking, even if you sell or option the script, I imagine it's really hard. Party time probably doesn't get produced. Every script that gets produced, whether it's a pilot or a film or a TV movie or whatever it is, is a miracle. Okay, <laughs> and when you get when you get, and it, if it's good, that's the second miracle. <laughs> the great films are two miracle films. Right. Well, let me, let me get to these questions here. All right. Let me, the first one says here from Jennifer, do literary agents try to brand you with a specific genre? 
Do you want to? They can. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's agents. You don't work for an agent. You work together. If you, if you're, uh, if you, if you treat it like the business that it is, you work together with an agent. So you find an agent where you have, where you have. I mean, where you think the same. I went through a couple of managers that we didn't get. We weren't on the same page. And, and, and you have to, you have to find one where you're on the same page. And yes, there are, there are managers and agents out there who will absolutely stick you in a genre and try and keep you there. Okay. Uh, let's see, you have, we have a question here. Oh, another one from Daniel. You have anything to say about that? Uh, all right. So Eric has a question. How do you guys feel about script competition, script, uh, script competitions? Such as through Coverfly or the Blacklist. I can, you you know, I can say, yeah, I, you know, I, what I've tried to do with that because I, th I think it is it, sometimes it's a great way just to have a deadline. Like if you're writing on your own, you're like, hey, I really want to, you know, apply to the Academy Nichols Fellowship, or I want to do like, you know, like it, it can be a great way for a writer that is not represented to, you know, apply to the right thing. And what I, what I do is I really try to follow movie makers kind of top screenwriting things, their top 50 film festival list. And, and so I just have applied to that type of stuff and have always told my students to just be like, look, hit the top 10 lists, hit the list that are, you know, that are like movie makers, like, hey, these are the coolest 50 festivals around. And outside of that, don't waste your money. And you're probably, you know, if something happens, someone really interesting will be reading your material. Um, and I've had quite a few friends and also um, students get managers actually from things like ScreenCraft and We Screenplay and, um, you know, Page. And, you know, I mean, so really good, really good competitions, I actually think are read by really great people. It's often the judges that they put together that make a competition what it is, but you have to be very careful about, you know, there's a lot of uh, film festivals on Film Freeway, and I would stick with the Movie Maker Academy Award, BAFTA festivals, and, um, and the top 10 list of year. He answered, he, that's my answer. Um, um, I'm a big, big Nickel fan. Um, I yeah. think that the Nickel's a great, and Austin Film Festival, I love the Austin Film Festival. And the, one of the reasons I love the Austin Film Festival, because it's the only film festival in the country, I think, that is completely screenwriter centric. Yeah. And, and that makes it kind of special. So you win that one, you final in the Nickel, and people will come out of the woodwork to read your script. They Absolutely. really will. Austin's coming up, by the way. Uh, I believe it's next month, right? Austin, yeah, you can get the virtual badge. It's like, I don't know, 175 yeah. or something. You get the yeah. like 30 panels. And that's, those are the, he's right. He's right on the money. These, the, the, the uh, Newark, New Jersey, you know, film festival and fish fry screenwriting award is, is it means nothing to producers. Right. Nothing. You have to, you have to be in one of, you know, Daniel hit it on the nose. Um, Alex has a question. Did you, did you say you send the whole script or just the log line before managers agree to reading the full script? You send and a query you just letter. Send one. You send a query letter. And yeah. in the query letter, you introduce yourself, say in very short, not like my mom loves this script or any of that stuff. You say, <laughs> you say, I have I'm a I have a query letter I, I am I'm this person I've written this script I think it fits what you're what you do and by the way look up what they do 
because if they rep a lot of Hallmark writers and you write like Postal, it isn't going to work. So, so, so do your homework. I mean, do the work you need to do to be in this business. And then write them a query letter that says, um, here's who I am. Here's my log line. Would you like to read it? I'd love to send you the script. That's it. It's a very, very short thing. Now, now can I show this, this book I wrote called That's Not the Way It Works has a whole chapter on query letters. Um, it's, a, it's selling incredibly well. I'm very, thank you, God. I'm very pleased. Uh, but it's, uh, it's available on Amazon. And that's the last time I'm going to do that. That's shameless. And I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Daniel, what about, Daniel, what's, what's your thought on that? Would you send the whole script or just, just the log line? And do you just send one log, just one? Yeah, it's exactly what Bob, for me, what Bob said, which is that you just say, hey, hi, you introduce yourself. You say, this is why you're working the business. This is what I want. This is what I'm pitching to you. Here's the log line. Would you be interested to check this out? You know, and then leave it at that. And then if they are, they'll get back to you and you've started building a relationship with them. And if they aren't, then you're not shoving your work down their throat because they read a lot of scripts. Well, and they won't accept, they won't accept a, um, um, uh, a, a script, period. They don't. Un unsolicited scripts don't go anywhere in Hollywood. Uh, Amazon tried it because they thought they were going to find all the scripts that, that the, everybody missed and they couldn't find one. So, and it cost them millions of dollars. So now they have the same rules. So yeah, no, you have to send a query letter. They don't accept, nobody accepts unsolicited scripts. Right. Yeah. Or do what Bob talked about, which is, you know, do your homework. And if you, if you really think, you've written something that is absolutely fantastic and is perfect for the person and you have a friend, you, you, I feel like you get a couple favors, you know what I mean? And you better repay them in kind. Meaning like, I, I feel like there's people that constantly ask me to read their stuff that have never asked to read my stuff. And then there's like friends that are like, Hey, can I check out your script? Would you mind checking my script out? Which is very different. Um, and you know, and, and so if, if you, you have a few favors, so if you have a friend that's with an agency and you're like, Hey, I really think I've got a shot here. You can always go to that person, hey, can I take you out to dinner? Can I buy you a bottle of wine? Can I, can I proofread anything you need me to? Can I ask you this favor? And, and let them read it and see if they will maybe help you pass it on as well. Because that, that's and, a and, and I have done that. I have passed on superb scripts I've read. The very few because there are very few superb scripts. I have a, I have a group of, of writers, uh, professional writers now, that we all exchange scripts and give each other notes. In fact, Daniel, I'll talk to you about that if you want to do that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but 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 I have a group of great writers that I have I have nurtured and built through networking over the years. Not only are we writers, but we're also f personal friends, and that makes a huge difference. And that's what Daniel was talking about. Networking is not about what can you do to help me. Uh, networking is about finding people in the business who you can get build relationships with that are real yeah. that are not based on I need you to help me and and uh, and that takes time and again it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort um, John we have a question here from John he says what's your writing diet meaning features versus pilots or short films what directs your attention and energy with a project I 
I can say that I, you know, it partly, it depends now on what I'm hired to do, you know? So like, I think about it like a runway. So there, there's hopefully some, a few planes on the, on the, on, you know, the tarmac ready to take off and whatever is first, it has to do with, you know, who, who I'm, you know, who I've been hired by, what the due dates are, all that stuff. So I always have like, hopefully the project I'm working on, like, you know, like the TV show I sold. And then I have, you know, a couple film projects I'm working on. And then I have a private film project I'm working on. And I have a short I'm making with my sister. And like, you know, so I, I think of them all as planes. And, and what I try to do is get the first one to take off, get the second one to take off, get the third one to take off. If let's say the, let's say the second one has some engine trouble and has to reland, then I've got to go back to the second one, try to get it off again or get it into a new plane. And then, you know, just kind of go down the runway and just have things take off, but always be writing. And, I, you know, I make sure I'm writing every single day. And, and I'm the same. I write all the time. But, but in fact, before you got here, I was rewriting a script. Um, um, I, right now, I'm working on a, a, another horror script that I'm doing a, a rewrite on. That the, I finished my first draft and it sucked. And now I'm, now I'm doing a big rewrite on it. But I love the premise and I love what is happening with and where it's going. And I'm also writing a, another, uh, another television Christmas movie, um, which is a different, a whole different animal. And I'm doing that at the same time. And then I just got a call from a uh, writer in LA and we started talking about an idea I had. And I think we're gonna write a pilot together. And we're gonna, we're gonna, do, a, we're gonna do a pilot. And it's a really cool, different idea. And, and so I have a whiteboard uh, uh, over here that, that has like 22 uh, ideas for different movies or pilots that are that I haven't gotten to yet. Um, I don't write shorts because I'm not a director. Um, I don't have that bandwidth. I'm not gonna ever be a director. Producing, yes, I'm, I've done a little already and I will continue to grow that, but, but I'm not a director. So, and, and shorts are really director reels um they're they they're made for you to get noticed as a director more than as a writer nobody asks who wrote that short but they do always ask who directed it <laughs> uh, we have a question from mahi the question is how do you pitch a script to a streaming service like netflix who generally doesn't work directly with agents I, Netflix definitely, I mean, my, my introductions to Netflix have all come through my agents. Yeah, Netflix works with agents all the time. I'm, I've got something in Netflix now that went directly through my agent, through a production company into my agent. Um, the way you get to those places is through production companies that work with them. Now, we talked about querying um, uh, managers, but you know you can query producers directly. Yeah. And, and you can go online and find the people who produce movies that are like the movie you made, you go on IMDb Pro and you email those producers with the same kind of log line that you send the managers and see if they'd like to read your script. Chances are they won't, but, but there, there, are, there are a lot of people that have sold scripts that way. I have a friend who has four produced theatrical films through queries to producers. Yeah. And Daniel, you're, all, you mentioned every all of your meetings with Netflix were all through your, your agent? All, all, yeah, it's, and it was all through uh, a script that I had written that they were interested in, either in me as a writer or in it as a specific project. So yes. sometimes you go in, yeah, I like that script, but it's not right for us, but I like your voice. Are you interested in staffing? Are you interested in doing this? 
or hey, I really like this. Where are you, where are you going with this? What's your first and second season look like, and all that stuff. Gotcha. Okay, uh, we have a question here. There are a ton. Eric asks. There are a ton of books on script writing and writing in general. I've read several, but which two would you say have been the most influential? Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna say the, first, the first one. Oh, you there's Bob's talk. book. That's definitely my book. Buy my book. No, no, no. It's uh, you know I'm I'm really pleased with it. It came out in November of last year, and, and it's done extremely well, and I'm very happy. And 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 so I can't say that that's one that's you know been everywhere and everybody reads it, but it's uh, it's doing really well, and I'm very I'm very proud of it. But but um, uh, the Screenwriter's Bible by Dave Trottier is one that if you're starting out is a really good book to have because it's got everything you need to know about formatting. Okay. Um, uh, as far as some of the other books, I'm not a big fan. Um, I think, I think buying scripts and uh, not buying scripts, but finding scripts online that, of movies you love or finding scripts online of movies you hate, finding scripts online of all kinds of movies and reading them and see how they did what they did is a great tool. And I also think that writing is a great tool, just getting in there and writing. Um, yeah. I read, I read a lot of films. I read a lot of pilots. Like I, I really, it really helps me just in how, you know, heroes of mine lay down things. Um, but also I really love William Goldman's book, Adventures in uh, Screen Trade, just because I think he's a genius. And, and also it's, it's more about Hollywood and it's more about how to kind of navigate that with hopefully class and also integrity. Um, and I love that the beginning of it says, you know, nobody knows anything. Like if anybody knew anything, Jaws would have been made, Star Wars would have been made, you know, <laughs> Um, and it's a great reminder to kind of be like, you know, do the work and you're going to get a lot of no's, but it only takes one yes. And just keep working, know about the business, know about film. Like I'm, I love film. I love classic film. I, I try to watch a film a day um, that I've never seen, you know, like watch film, read film. Like you, you should be a film buff. <laughs> Otherwise you should know what you're talking about. Cause believe me, you'll walk into meetings and people will be like, what are the six shows you're watching and if, and if you lie you're lying because they all watch those shows <laughs> you know? and you can't say well we've been watching a lot of a lot of law and order uh, reruns lately um you need to be up on, on he's right he's absolutely right because i walked into a meeting and one of the first question was is what do you watch yeah. and so and and you got to be you know you you got to say well you know i'm 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 hooked on whatever you're hooked on and at the time i was I was hooked on uh, uh, Watchmen, so. <laughs> uh, Chelsea asks, for those of us breaking into the industry, any tips for networking in a digital-centric world? I, you know, I, what, what I say about, like, I don't, I don't, I'm really not good at like, the, I'm, I'm kind of, it's hard for me to like go to parties and it's hard for me to do stuff. Like I'm going to be in a home and watching movies with my wife and kid and my family. Um, I, so what I do is I try to work and I've surrounded myself with people that are good at that part of the business. You know what I mean? So like my agent, my manager are, are I, I love them as people, but they're also much better business people than I am. And so what I try to do is work my ass off, write a lot of scripts, come up with a lot of great pitches, do the work and then they help me get it out there and then i can just go in and be myself and actually talk about the work i feel the only way to network is through work like i've always believed that that if that they can smell kind of 
non-workers who are networking a mile away. But if you go up to someone and say, hey, I love your film and I saw this film and I saw this film and I saw this film and one day I would kill to work for you. That's a different, that's a conversation about work. And that's a genuine kind of collaboration and conversation. If you go up and go like, oh, I know that person can do something for me. You have no idea what the fuck they've actually done. That's a real problem. You know what I mean? You it is. It is. But you know, there are ways to network um, um, on on uh, social so, social networking. There are ways to network and meet people. I've met a lot of really great writers um, through through uh, what we call what we call screenwriting Twitter, which is where you get away from all the other Twitter stuff, which is just word salad, and and you and you and you concentrate on. There's my phone. Concentrate on on stuff that um, concentrate on just the people who are in that business, and listen to what they have to say, and and uh, comment to them about stuff. Not saying hi, well, you want to read my script, which is one of the worst things you can say to anyone in Hollywood. Um, um, but to get to know people and get to understand people and have and interact with them and 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 you know and as you get to know them over a period of time you say hey i'm gonna make a trip to la can i buy a cup of coffee and they will either say no get away from me or yeah let's meet um and the, that's how i met a, a whole lot of people um and got to know them uh, socially and as far as as networking business-wise um I met the guy I've written three scripts with, one of which we've sold, um, who is uh, now an executive at Marvel. So, so, and then we met online years ago. And, and so it was, it's, you can do it, but it's a, it's a long game. It's not a short game. Um, also, Jennifer asked, uh, are agents interested in writers who write across multiple genres? Yeah, I mean, my agent is. Yeah, definitely. And so is mine. I mean, you know, my agent has is, is, is sold all kinds of scripts that span all kinds of, of films. Um, so, yes, absolutely. But you, what you, you, have to, you have to get them with one first, right, right Daniel? Yeah, I, mean, I, I got them with kind of what I write, which what I love to write, which is, you know, again, like really kind of family-oriented, character-driven indie drama. Um, but I've wrote, I've written on the Mist, which is absolute horror genre. I've written on the Connors, which is a you know network comedy thing, and you know, and and that's not at all what my my scripts would tell you, you but, know, so, you know, so, and and so, and I just have a great agent that's like, hey, I I see a place for you in this room, you know, that that is that has not been filled yet. Like there's six comics, and then they need a story guy. You can be the story guy, you know what I mean? So, right. Uh, also, Elise asks. Is it better to send a query by email or a regular traditional old school letter? Email. Email. Yeah. Email. Regular regular letters that come from people they don't know are sent to security first. So, so um, this is this is where we are now. Um, so yeah, email. Email. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask you also. Uh, I was speaking with a coverage writer a few months ago. Um, and she was doing coverage on, on a, uh, a script that was submitted to our festival. And she said, um, am I looking for the originality, creativity, or the marketability? And I said, uh, you know, I asked her a few questions and she's like, yeah, certain 
you know, production companies, certain agencies, certain screenplay competitions, they want, they want it differently. Some ask me to focus on the creativity. Some ask me to focus on the marketability. If a writer had to choose between those two, obviously I, the ideal situation is both, but very often that's not the case. So what should writers be focusing more of their attention on in your opinion? Uh, okay. I, I, just write a great script. <laughs> Don't, if you try and focus on individual things, you're never going to, you're always going to, you're always going to hamper yourself creatively. Mm. Okay. Just write a great script, write a great story mm -hmm. and write it well. Um, that's, that's my, that's my thing. Um, anytime you start thinking about other things other than story, you, you, you put yourself into a smaller box creatively. Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree. 100%. Just so first and foremost, just so really creative. I mean, telling a good solid story. Also like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead Bob. I was going to say, and tell it in your voice. That's, that's it. Right. And I, I would also say that like, it will find, if you stick true to yourself as an artist, it will find the home it's meant to find because it, it, the executive out there that responds to your work and kind of how you lay things on down on a page and the architecture of that, that's, those are the people that are going to get you and who are going to help you kind of become a better artist and who are going to get your work and help you sell it. You know, so it, so it finds the right home. You just have to trust that in your, in your script is not going to be the right, you know, the right thing for every single home. Right. And if you try to make it that way, you're killing yourself. Like, like yep. all but right. all it takes is one person to believe in what you do to yeah. start. That's it. One person. If you send 200 query letters and you find that one person who believes in what you do, it's gold. It's, it's gold. Right. Right. And just, just to clarify, um, I just have, we have just about five minutes left. So just to clarify, uh, we see the term option a lot. Oh, there, you know, production company is going to option the script. The studio is going to option the script. Can you just clarify what, what exactly does that mean for a sort of a, a new writer who's just getting started? Uh, my, my easiest way to define it is it's kind of rent to own. Um, they, they, they rent your, your scripts exclusively for a certain amount of time. It can be 12 months, it can be 18 months with the option to renew that um, if they're working on getting it made. And then if they get it made, then they pay you on top of that another, they pay you for the script. They exercise that op option by buying the script. What, what they're doing is saying, we like your script enough to get it made. We don't know if we have the, we have, we have to come up with the financing or the stars or the money or all that stuff. And like I said, 95% of, of, of option scripts don't get made because they don't find the stars or the financing or the director or whatever they're looking for to get it made. So, so it's a kind of a rent, rent your script exclusively for a year to three years or a year to six years sometimes because I had one that was and then what if they can't make it they just give it back to you and say thanks we tried um, Daniel coming from the theater world do you recommend that a screenwriter perhaps has a staged reading prior to submitting it to agents production company screenplay competitions to see how it actually looks and sounds and would you recommend that prior to I think it's 
I think it's individual. I mean, I don't think ever, it's never a bad idea to have people hear things. I mean, any way that you can have a different vantage point over your screenplay, I don't think is ever a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so if there is someone who you really trust that will be honest with you and that there's, it's great to have like a pair of eyes that you trust. It's great to, you know, if, if people want to give you the time to kind of, you know, you make them some food and, you know, get out some wine and stuff and, and read it, you'll hear it differently. Like as many different ways that you can hear and experience your screenplay before sending it off to like for that one read, I think is a great idea. Cool. All right. All right. So uh, one last final, some final words of wisdom, Bob, if you could share one last. Oh, that, you know, don't, you know, I'm always asked when I do film festivals or writing conferences or, or just when I meet people, you know, what, what, what's your one word of, of advice? And my, my one word of advice is, is never give up. The only people that, that, you know, it's a long, hard slog to be a screenwriter. Um, you're competing with yourself. You're not competing with anybody else, but you have to find that one person that believes in you and you have to keep writing and keep doing it and keep moving on. And there's going to be so many rejections. And so many times when you feel like, why am I doing this? And it's those people who keep going and don't give up the ones that succeed. Oh, oh Bob, real quick. Well, where can we find your book? Is it available on oh, Amazon? Well, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere that they sell books. Cool. What's uh, the title again? It's called That's Not the Way It oh. Works. No <laughs> Nonsense Guide to the Craft of Business and Business Screenwriting. Half the book is about about what screenwriters need to know to be in business for themselves as a screenwriter. Awesome. Okay. And Daniel, some last words of advice. I, I love what you do. Love, love the art and the, uh, of film and television, because if the art is what will keep you going and the business will consistently break your heart. <laughs> and so if, if you love the art more, you know, you, you, you've got to be a screenwriter, you know, so, so love it and just kind of do the best you can with it and, and realize that everyone takes knocks everyone gets told no a lot more than they get told yes, everybody. And it's, you know, so you just got to keep at it and, and really work hard at it and know the world of film and TV and know the people whose shoulders you're building on and, you know, know everyone's no work. So, you know, really, you know, put yourself down into it. Yep. Cool. And, and if any of the participants want to follow up with what you're doing, do you guys have like a social media, Twitter, uh, website, anything they could follow? follow? Daniel Cameron Talbot, two T's at the end. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and I, I definitely post about things I'm working on and, you know, uh, pictures of our dog and flowers. <laughs> so if you want to put up with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, uh, my, my Twitter is B-O-B-S-N-Z, which is my last name uh, without the vowels at, um, at uh, yeah, just B-O-B-S-N-Z on Twitter. And that's cool. what I am. But if anybody wants to email and, and follow up on stuff, they can email me. My name, my email is bobsnz at gmail.com. B-O-B-S-N-Z at gmail.com. All right. Daniel, Bob, thank you so much. Really appreciate Daniel, it. Thank you to all, all of our participants for being here. Awesome. I love it. It's great to meet you, Bob. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. See ya. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.